I'm thinking about buying one of those things that goes behind the mic to stop oh, reflections. Mate. You got mate. one? Oh, no, I've not, I've, I've not got one. Facebook, no, Facebook knows that, I've, that I'm interested. Oh, shit. They're <laughs> listening again. If you don't look like a runner, if you're feeling a little fat, if you buy your gift of Poland and look in the same sex chat, if you don't mind a little nonsense and it's going on and on, if you don't look like a runner with your good first Nick and John. And welcome to You Don't Look Like a Runner, a sequential podcast bringing order to the world of running, fitness and tech. I'm Nick. I'm John. How you doing, John? I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I don't don't get what the intro was, but I'm sure it'll make sense soon. Why not? Why, 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 why don't you get? I don't know. See, I, you forced is it, me. Is, yeah. it a, is it a big joke or is it just a, just a general observation? Just words, mate. Just words. Oh, uh, see, you you forced me into doing these intros early on in our c- career, and then every time I do them, you always always undermine them immediately. No, I like. I often I often like them. I just I, I didn't oh, know oh. if there was. I, I thought there was a bigger a bigger thing at stake in that particular one that I didn't understand, and I was hoping you'd explain it to me. But if it's just general, just words, chat mate. about the fact that we we make podcasts and they are in a sequence, and that's fine. Yeah. There could have been a joke if I was cleverer where I could have said bringing order to the world of tech, running and fitness and done it out of order. That would have been a better intro, wouldn't it? Thanks for bringing that up. Right. No, it's, it's fine. You sound like you've gone full Sith. Maybe, maybe you start talking about bringing order to things. So. Maybe, 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 I'll, um, maybe I'll fix that in the edit. All right. All right. <laughs> definitely All won't. Right. Definitely won't. Cool. Oh, how are you doing then? I'm okay. I'm good, thank you. I, I really enjoyed the last episode. And I want to talk to you about what I particularly enjoyed, which is the theme song. Oh yes, that was a surprise for you, wasn't it? It was. It was. I mean, that's what we do. Basically, we don't we don't talk about things or discuss things. We uh, we um, we uh, do things either straight on mic or just in the edit. I mean, in a way, you could look at it as a, a passive aggressive um, rebuttal to the the lack of sheen and editing in the previous. Yes, yeah, I mean that's totally what I saw. It. I mean, what, what, was there something else? Was there something else going on? Because... Uh, yeah, I'm glad you saw it as for what it was, which was a, a clear marker of who's in charge. Essentially, we're in a rap battle right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never give you the mic. Um, so yes. no, no. What, to be, to what, be fair, what prompted you? Well, I, I'd, I'd written. Um, well, I, I obviously um, I employed the services of a. Um, a famous folk punk uh, singer paid him lots of money to to record that for us. Okay, um, is folk punk a thing? Is folk punk a, a, a legit genre? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Is that what that was? That's how you would categorise the. Uh, well, I mean, he's he's the expert. He's the expert, John. <laughs> can he can he come on mic and speak to, speak to this? Um, no, because it's not it's not that sort of podcast. <laughs> We don't we don't have an array of characters who come on mic. I'm afraid Nicky Von Diesel isn't uh, available for you today. He's out touring with uh, flogging Molly and the Dropkick Murphys. So yeah, no, in, no. I uh, I actually you you'd pressure you'd again not pressured. You had uh, in the early stages of the show mm-hmm. mooted the idea of me recording a theme tune. Um, something which I rejected uh, because um, I don't know. In the early stage of the show, we were a bit like when we were rejecting doing intros and outros. I think we were right. finding our uh, confidence with the format. 
Okay. Uh, well, for, certainly for me. Um, and I, I kind of like, it got to the point now where I was like, oh, okay, I understand what we are. So I could write something that, um, that I think reflects a bit more what we are. So yeah, I actually have that. Um, I kind of wrote that a couple of months ago mm-hmm. and I'd planned to record it a lot earlier, but I hadn't got around to it. Um, and I just sort of like thought that was a good time to do it. Uh, coming off the back of that, <laughs> that last episode. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you could have been more positive. You could have said it was for my birthday or for like getting past 20 episodes or any, 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 any no, nice no. things you could have said. No. It, was, it, it genuinely wasn't actually a passive aggressive to get you. It was just that I just decided to record it and it was in my, I'd had it uh, written for a while. I was concerned when I first played it out on the podcast because my um, podcast app I use has a volume boost. Right. And it just completely compressed it so much that I couldn't hear what was going on. And I was really worried that's what had gone out on the feed. But I think re-listening to it without that volume boost on, it was okay. Right. I, 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 lo- I loved it. I was I was laughing my head off on the train, which is a bit embarrassing um, <laughs> well, in, in many ways. You know, oh, what are you laughing at? Oh, my own podcast. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what I enjoyed about it um, was that I sent, I put it in the episode yeah, and it was really nice for me to be like. It was a bit like um, it was like having a console log because I could check at what point you actually listened to the episode, right? And you and basically you hadn't listened to the episode before you put it out. No, you just put no. it out. You put, yeah. you just published it, which I never do, by the way, because <laughs> I because I saw it come up in my feed and I was like, okay, so he's not listened to this yet because he definitely would have mentioned the fact that we've got a new theme song. <laughs> Ah, dear. Um, it's, no, it's, 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 it's very, I haven't got anything else to say other than it's very good. And also, it's uh, very easy to get to the end and press the back 30 seconds button and get another listen. Not that I, <laughs> not, not that I do that. That's not what I do. No, no idea every time. Yeah. I, I just want to just pick up on some, some listener follow-up on the, uh, on the theme song. <laughs> Go on then. Um, <laughs> big, it changes big, every week. changes big, every big, week. Well, you've, you've spoiled it now. A big, big friend of the show, Steve. Um... <laughs> Just started talking to us about the episode, and you got quite anxious that he hadn't mentioned the theme song. So you said, "Do you not?" He said, "You said, but you've played past the opening, and do you not have any comments about that? Anything stand out? I mean, that is needy, John. That is really needy. Okay, but you need to watch that. That's not how you promote a podcast. Okay, Steve says." And now I'm a big fan of Steve because Steve's been an active responder to our nonsense from pretty much episode one. He said, oh, yeah, love the theme tune. Does it change every week? Does one of our biggest fans, One of our biggest mate. fans our... there. Uh, what, what I would call a super listener. Does it change every week? It's been the same for 19 weeks. And then one week it changes. <laughs> He's like, oh, does that change every week? So thanks for that, Steve. Big fan. <laughs> big, big fan. This is like when Steve, to me, one of my best mates once turned up um, at my door with, um, with, you remember when there was that period in like um, fashion clothes shops, uh, like New Look, where they would sell classic 70s rock band t-shirts? Okay. He turned up in a Motley Crue t-shirt. Okay. And I said, what on earth are you wearing that for? He's like, oh yeah, Motley Crue. I was like, name one song. Yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, dude looks like a lady. I was like, just oh, get, get wow. GTFO, GTFO. I don't, wow. think wore, I don't think he wore it again after that. 
that's what Steve is for our pod. He's just trying to show off to people that he uh, listens to Runner Pod. But actually, oh God, what if Steve doesn't listen to the podcast? He just reads the show notes and has a conversation with us about the show notes. I mean, the show notes are great. And, no, uh, the show. There's been a lot of feedback about how little people listen to the show notes. There, uh, the show e- notes there has been equal feedback about people who read the show notes and don't. I've not seen anyone who said they've read the show notes. I've seen people who've read the show notes. I will put links to people who've said they read the show notes in <gasps> the show notes. people who read the show notes. They just go to a different school and you don't know them. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> so I, I, whilst we're talking about Twitter, I, we do get quite quite a bit of Twitter correspondence, and you you never bring it. You're kind of the Twitter manager, and you never really bring it up, um, which upsets me. Um, I was looking through some some of the correspondence. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't quite remember uh, where it is. One person said um, <coughs> that. The other podcast you do, and this right. one, right, is about you trying to fix your co-host. No, I don't think that's true. Now, to be fair to you, you did say no, 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 because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very much the other way, isn't it? Yeah, for us, good. good. Yeah, I, just yeah. want, I just want to make sure that our boundaries are clear about no, who's trying, who's trying to fix who. <laughs> that's fine. Good, good. <laughs> So yeah, so I keep the Twitter correspondence coming. There was some more. I can't. I, I do. You know I need to get get it up on my tweet deck so I can keep an eye on it. I've got some spam news from the oh, uh, from the from the email inbox. I love it. The email inbox. Maybe we should have a feature where we do read out the um, the spam. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so we had a we had an email from 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 uh, Jenny Anderson, Jenny Anderson, about uh, research on running, um, and she's uh, she's been reading the show notes and. Uh, looking at some of the content and uh, she's noticed that some of our some of our links are out of date and could we maybe change it and link to link to her new research and i was like oh okay well thanks thanks jenny then the next day oh the same day i got an email from from jillian anderson um about the same thing the same thing Right. So Jenny and Gillian Anderson, the Anderson sisters. I just want to be. Um, just, I can, can we just just quickly pause to share that we're not talking about that Gillian Anderson? No, no, she starts with the J. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, good. Doesn't come yeah. across an audio, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah. So um, that was that was an interesting thing. Like she sat there going, "Well, I've already emailed them as Jenny. <sighs> well, I don't I email them again under a I'm, new name." But I'm looking here. Mm. She's emailed us as Gillian and then yeah. Jenny. And then Julian again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a threaded view, so I can't see that. But you're quite right. It's it's flipping back and forth. She doesn't. Even, she doesn't, I'm worried about uh, uh, Jenny and um, I'm worried. <laughs> worried that she's not well. I. Uh... Hang on a minute. What? What? You're right. I'm just reading the email. In that article, I yeah. noticed that you cited a solid post. Solid post, mate. Solid. All all my posts are solid. But then, that I've read in the past. Right? I noticed you cited a solid post that I've read in the past. So it's not the one that is her... It's not her post that she's written. She's saying you cited a post... That's that's really good. Well done, she's saying. It was really good. But you should do... You should cite my post instead. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't want to dwell on it too much now. I feel like I've sucked all the energy out of this because you've, you're getting quite into the detail. No, well, I'm very confused. No, no, there's great energy, mate. I'm feeling really good. 
Oh, I am. I'm excited about what we've got coming up on the show. Yeah. So, is there any more? Uh, so, yes, you like the theme tune. That, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you liked it. Oh, you loved. loved. Huh? Oh, you loved it. Sorry, I was, I was underselling your uh, appreciation for it. I, I I did literally listen to it about ten times so I could learn the lyrics. Um, <gasps> what, have what, we got the, have we got the guitar tab yet? Is that is that something people can get? Well, it's it's a it's a classic. It's a classic chord progression. All oh, right, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an absolute vintage. It's, okay. it's a vintage chord, chord progression. Okay. What what was your? Tell me what you think the lyrics are. Um, if you don't look like a runner, yeah. If you're feeling a little fat, yeah. If you get your gear from Poundland or yeah. just dropped up in for some tech chat, oh no, okay. Um, we'll come back to that. Uh, oh. something, something here's you don't look like a runner with your good friend Nick and John yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> close enough yeah okay I, I did I did drop a line there I can't remember where it goes after that I think because you threw me because you said I was wrong yeah so it's those classic misheard lyrics mate. well that's it I'm not going to correct you because I think it's better culturally for you to um, yeah to so make yourself. my own meanings mate. well can, um, if, you, if you could you could set up a uh, lyrics website specifically for our theme tunes and as they change every week you can have a lot of uh, a lot of material glorified version of a pelican <laughs> what oh I, just, uh, da, 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 da. I, I, sh- I shouldn't have listened to the uh, as my first episode of top four I shouldn't have listened to the one where they um, willfully mishear Eddie Vedder's singing which is quite clear Right, okay, yeah. It's not It's not a pelican. It never was a pelican. I don't know. I, uh, let's move on. We're in the woods now. We're in the woods. Speaking of in the woods, oh, that'd be yeah. a shame, wouldn't it? If we could go straight into the Barking Marathons chat after that uh, segue. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Go, we don't want to talk, about, we talk about training later then, yeah? No, let's talk about training. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> you are the absolute worst. There's no fixing you, is there? <laughs> no, no. Right. Go on then, big dog. Uh, oh, um, you're doing yoga, aren't you? Um, well, we talked a, a few weeks back about the idea. I was tempted to go to something called Broga. Yeah, have you got over that? Uh, I have not been to Broga. I couldn't. Br- I couldn't bring myself to go to Broga. Um, it just. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, if I go to Broga, I'll start wearing a fedora and talking about men's rights. I can't go to Broga. Um, <laughs> So I decided I decided not to, uh, but my um, gym started doing a new class. I've never been to a class at a gym before, um, right. and my gym started doing a new class, mobility. Okay, which sounds a little bit like I'm an OAP or something, but um, it's essentially stretching. Cool, like forty five minutes of stretching, and uh, I've been Big twice. Down. I've been twice now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hard work, mate. Mm. It's really hard work. I'd rather run for forty minutes. Yeah, hurts a lot less. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never known. Like, th- I don't know about you. What when you do stretching? How long would you hold the stretch for normally? Oh, just, just I just kind of pay some lip service to moving my <laughs> leg into a funny position, mate, and kind of wave my hands around, and then I'm done. Yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I stretch, mate. That's what I'm saying. I stretch. I, I, I try and do a little bit better just because I've got historic um, back problems that is has long been put down to tight hamstrings. Right. Um, so I do try and I when I stretch um, at the end of a run, I, I'll hold each stretch for about forty-five seconds to a minute. So I try and actually give it wow. a, a bit of a stretch. We were doing stretches last week, and this one stretch in particular, we were holding it for five minutes. 
What? Like, proper... Oh, it, it was just one of the most excruciating things. Like I was getting, I was getting a sweat on just from holding this stretch. So this is this is closer to pure yoga than Pilates, then, isn't it? Um, I where, don't where, where really is this know on that dif- spectrum. I really don't know the difference. I mean, they hold they hold their stretches for a bit in Pilates, but not like, or not the classes I've been to. They're not more than a minute. So it kind of built up. So early on, it was like you were probably holding these stretches for like a minute, minute thirty, <laughs> and then it built it like two and a half minutes, and then the last one was just holding this particular stretch for five minutes on each side as well. It was like um, a hip, a hip stretch. Wow. And uh, you're holding it for five minutes on each side. And it was, uh, it was crazy. But after you've done it, after you've done the class, you feel like you're made of jelly. Proper, like, floaty and loose. Uh, it was really good. Nice. So yeah, I went again this week, did a few different ones. Um, didn't hold anything for that amount of time this time around. Much, much shorter. Sort of like three minutes, I think, was the most. But even that, three minutes is... That's hard going. So what I'm interested in in here is um, how this then makes you feel when you next run and where you fit it into a, a running and cycling type programme and free weights programme and all the other things you're doing. Does it replace something? Do you do it as well as something on the same day as? And can you run the next day or are you broken? Uh, I'm doing it on the same day as a normal training block. Right. Um, so I did kettlebells yesterday. Right. Um, and I'm moving, I'm trying to do more of the kettlebell stuff. Um, right. Because following on from our, one of our early in the year episodes where I was talking about setting new weight loss targets. Mm-hmm. Um, running just does it just doesn't shift the needle for me at all. Just right. can't can't make it. And, and we we talked historically about that being a thing. Um, and I don't know if it's because it builds muscle mass up in my legs, mm. um, but the the actual number on the scales just doesn't change. Uh, and well, so you 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 um you sent me a text message about about this the other day, and we forgot to put it in the show notes. So if, let's unpick that a little bit. Like you you also, you were saying to me that the weight isn't isn't going anywhere and i did say to you like are you are you, are you sure you're not just getting really buff <laughs> well because that's going to happen isn't it i i was in a, i was in a really bad place when i messaged you about that because i i was frustrated and have been frustrated because it's been about four five weeks since it, the, the needle moved right um and i was getting very frustrated because i'd been training hard i'd been watching what i was eating i was counting calories and just it just it wasn't moving at all um, and I've had a few conversations since with a few mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, on on, on that day when I, it was quite raw, one of my good friends came around, and he's um, he's just sort of getting back into into training. Mm-hmm. He's, he's actually the guy with a Motley Crue t shirt. I was just going to say, <laughs> he came around and you said, like, just change your t shirt, then you come in. <laughs> I was actually the same guy. Um, he, he's he's been because he he was you know he gets in and out of training and he's just started again, right? And he was like, because I said you know I'd said the same thing that I said to you, which is over the since August when we hit that target, I'd put a stone back on, and he was like, you you really literally don't look at all like you put anything on at all, no. um, weight wise. And I was like, yeah, well my clothes fit the same, I don't feel like I have, but the number on my scale says, and he was like, well. 
maybe you should just not be just measuring that. You know, maybe you need to start measuring other things. So like yeah. measuring your waist, measuring your chest, measuring your... Do you know I mean actually measuring your body? Yeah. So yeah. that if you lose an inch off your waist, but the, but the number on the scales doesn't go down, yeah. then you can say, okay, that must be muscle mass. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that it's as simple as that. But like if you haven't got any other metric yeah. and you've only got that number, yeah. then it's very easy to get in your own head about it. The other conversation I had um yesterday, in fact, at this at this stretching class with another friend of mine, uh, the, the friend who kind of inspired me on this little this little journey to hitting that target a couple of years ago mm. because of the amazing progress he made, he was telling me he stopped weighing himself. Because he got to a point where he he wasn't moving on the scales and he was just getting so in his own head about it that he was just like, what's the point of this? It's just making me miserable. It's not making me healthier. It's not making me... Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm still doing the right things. Yeah. And I know I'm doing the right things. So why should that, that number have such an effect? And um, I've sort of taken those things on board a little bit. Uh, and I need to start measuring. I also had a bit of a chat, um, with my first mate about the diet. I was, I'd become quite aware that although I was eating to my calories, I wasn't eating a good balance of stuff. Right. I was grabbing like, um, cereal bars or, you know, a quick sandwich or something. And although I was staying to the calories, I think that the actual stuff that was in it just wasn't a good balance. Not enough protein, um, probably too much um, processed sugars and stuff like that. Right. So I think that that was um, probably contributing to that sort of, you know, even like water retention and stuff. Um, not drinking enough water, drinking too much coffee, all these things. So I've tried to make some good changes this week in that regard. Mm. So avoiding eating more, more of a balance, making sure I'm actually paying attention, not just to calories, but the balance of fats, carbohydrates and protein, right. um, which is something that I'd always avoided before. But, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like with training. Eventually, if you get used to something enough, it stop yeah. ha- stops having an effect. Well, yeah. eating the amount of calories I was eating had stopped having an effect. So I need to pay attention to something else now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done that, tried to drink more water, tried to drink less coffee, getting more protein, um, especially around when I'm training. Right. Uh, and to be fair, since, uh, Sunday, since mm-hmm. Sunday, I've lost four pounds, wow. which I think is probably water retention. Right. Um, but I'd kind of like, like I say, I'd kind of like wobbled around that anyway. So in total, since we last spoke, since since we spoke originally, so I'd lost six pounds since we had our first conversation about it, which isn't as much as I'd wanted because I'd wanted to hit, I'd wanted to kind of like go right through and lose like two stone. Yeah. And I'm kind of reevaluating that and thinking, I don't know if that's actually realistic at all. I don't know if I can, I can get to that, um, really because I, I think i need to start paying attention not just to that number but start to measure and be aware that i have got like 
muscle mass in places mm-hmm. that is going to cause me to be a heavy person. Like mm-hmm. I've got big ass thighs. <laughs> like you know. Uh, also, also you've you've got uh, your your actual underlying structure is quite tall and quite broad. So yeah, exactly. So I need to probably you know picking an arbitrary number out of the air, saying oh well this is what I should be, so that's what I'll go for. He's like well. Mm-hmm. That doesn't take into account a lot of things. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of in the stage of re-evaluating at the moment. Um, but it was nice to see that number go down at least a little bit just to go, okay, well, at least I've got a bit of a bit of a boost for that for that change. Um, you talked briefly about diet there. Have you have you ever actually thought about like going to an actual an actual nutritionist rather than just kind of like going, oh, I've got a bit of science or is that something that, that's that's of interest or I think it is, yeah. I think actually what's what's helped this week is that um, the chap I spoke to who gave me a little bit of advice on a Saturday had mm. literally just been to a nutritionist. Right, right. So he had on his phone um, essentially the plan that he'd given him, which is like mm. a very general, you want to lose a kilo a week, this mm. is what you should do. It was very like specific, like 1,974 calories. Wow. Um, this many grams of protein, this many grams of carbohydrates, and this many grams of fat. Right. So I plugged that into my my fitness pal, and that's what I'm working to now. Right. And you know, again, I'm always prepared for the fact that I may miss um, on quite a few of the days. But if it's a rough target, I think it'll keep me in check. Um, and it seems to have done done a decent job so far this week. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe down the line, that's certainly something I would I would consider. Um, and what you see is, I don't know, like when you see people who do go to nutritionists. Mm-hmm. Are you ever, I'm always shocked about um, how much, how high, like, the number of calories they tell you to eat is. Right. So so this nutritionist who'd given my mate this, this diet was like, if you want to lose half a kilo a week, yeah, you should eat 2,497 calories. So that's pr- pretty much what a grown-ass man needs in a day. Yeah. That's, those 2,500 is, like, the, the benchmark for... Well, I thought it changed to two thousand because we're so inactive oh. these days as humans. Right. But he, right. But he yeah. So he'd say two thousand. But but he was like, eat that. But you need to be like really hot on the balance of protein, carbs, and right uh, fats. Right. So that's why I started because I wasn't getting. I well, I was looking at it. I was like, I'm not getting anywhere near enough protein mm-hmm. um, at the moment. So that's what I've tried to increase this week. Um, and it seems seems to have done done a bit of a trick. So yeah, but I'm always surprised at the, the actual height. You know, like I, I was working to 1700, and I don't know if that was actually particularly a good idea. That sounds unpleasant as, a, as an I, amount of food. I was okay with it. Um, mm. I never particularly felt like I was starving myself, but I, I think I I see more value if I'm training as well. I certainly see more value in eating closer to 2000 and right. really focusing on making sure I'm getting a certain amount of each, each thing a day. Mm. Like I say, I'm not particularly, I'm not, I'm not overly hot on it cause I'm, uh, it's just not my personality type, but yeah, it seems to have a bit of a bit of an impact, but anyway, yeah. So stretching is part of, part of stretching is something that I'm doing alongside the training. It's not instead of. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting. And it and it doesn't it doesn't lead to you feeling fatigued in your muscles. No, I feel fine today. I feel feel great. Might I'm not um I might go and do. A, I'm, I'm quite enjoying the class. Going to a class as well. So right. Um, they've got a high intensity interval training class 
tonight, which I might go to as well. Oh, cool. I'm trying to incorporate things. I'm trying to mix it up um, mm. so that I'm not just doing, like, running or yeah. kettlebells. So Mondays, I'm, uh, I've now got a regular slot in the badminton game that happens each Monday amongst my mates. So right. that's a nice little different sort of uh, exercise. Trying to do high-intensity class on a Friday, a couple of kettlebell sessions in a week, and then nice big long run on the weekend. That's my plan. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah, good positive week for me in training-wise. I had a I had a lovely big round Sunday because it was my birthday. Hey, happy birthday! Thank you, thank you. And um, I was pretty pretty shocked and really really excited by uh, what my uh, other half got me, which um, yeah, just kind of totally out of left field and totally perfect. Um, I mentioned my Bluetooth headphones and the fact that I was struggling with them a bit. And I, I tried since we spoke last to to get them to fit. And they were just like, these are going to go. They're going to have to go. I'm going to have to go and buy something. Mm. <clears throat> and I um, opened a rather exciting looking parcel on Sunday morning. And I had some Aftershocks wireless Trex titanium um, headphones in there. And these are bone conductors, mate. And they are... They are just everything that I needed and everything that I wanted. They are so good. Really? So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that We talked before about wanting to try bone conducting technology. Yeah. It is it's superb. It is superb. I could hear the bird song all around me. I could hear my stories on my podcasts coming into my ears as well. So my ears were totally open to the world, but I'm getting a podcast. And crucially, it, it did not move. It did not move at all. Wow. So, so I've got so many questions about this. I never would have bought them for myself, though, mate. Well, that's why it's such a perfect present. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the perfect present because it's yeah. like you'd love having it, but yeah. there's no way you would have ever bought it for yourself. That's why it's an absolute stellar gift. Yeah, yeah. Did did she speak to you? Did... No, no. Right, okay. That, it's unbelievable, mate. I'm I'm. She's a keeper. You keep getting passed over where every time someone wants some advice on headphones, don't you? I know, I know, I know. It's okay, though, because <laughs> It's like you're trying to set out your stall with this brand and no one's buying it. <laughs> I know, I know. No, Nobody reads my, reads my Squarespace site about it either. It's really annoying. <laughs> so what questions have you got? Oh, right. Uh, what What is the kind of form factor of these? It, it, so um, the the bone conducting pieces... They sit just in front of what, what's the, what's the little flappy bit that goes over your actual ear hole? The flappy bit. The flappy bit, yeah. <clears throat> as the scientists call it. So essentially, it's sitting where the top of your bottom jaw connects to the bottom of your top jaw, and where your ear is just behind there with the flappy bit, and it just sits just there, and it just kind of clamps there, mm. um, because the each, each each side is connected to a headband. It's a behind the head. Rather than rather than over the head or rather than neck, and um, there's enough springiness in there that it just sort of tucks in and it just sits. And there's probably a finger's worth of clearance at the back of your head, between um, the back of the band and and your head, and none of that moves, and you don't feel it. So they hook over the top of the ears, do they? Um, hook over the top of my ears. So yes, like, they do. Is, is, yes, so, they do. So the ears, so they're sitting on the top of the ears, but there's a band around the back to stop them from kind of. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I guess the band the band is there just because it needs to be uh, it, it needs to be a two armed system, so it needs to join somewhere. But it doesn't want to touch your head because I think that would actually make it fall out uh, fall 
Oh, right, because it would push. It would push. So the, the only point of pressure is is just in front of your ear and just over the top of your ear. That that's where it's gripped. And you don't get like a bounce of the band or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. The <clears throat> the bone conducting pieces are quite um, quite big. Um, okay. They are probably if you look at your uh, top section of your thumb, they're probably about that size. Okay. And if you put that just in front of your ear, you'll feel where it goes. And if you push, that's that's where it is. That's where it goes, and that's oh, what gotcha. it feels. That's what it feels like. Wow. Um, I sometimes wear my specs when I when I run because I'm too lazy to put contact lenses in. Sometimes, so if I look out the window and it's dry, um, I'm going to put my specs on. You can wear them with specs, so you could wear them with sunglasses as well. Despite them going over your ear, it didn't actually interfere with any of that. Oh, that's interesting. And I managed to get it all on with a hat as well because it's been you know cold still. So yeah. the the kind of the hat went onto my head. The um, a little bit of the piece just tucked in underneath my hat, and the band just stuck out the back of the hat. Um, so you know they've the all all of the kind of ergonomics of it, they've they've nailed it. They, the, band, the band stuck out the back of a hat. So yeah, so I put my hat on. Yeah, and then if you imagine kind of coming in from the from the back at, a, at like a forty five degree angle, just pop those. Um, pop those earpieces on, onto your ear a little bit of them tucks underneath the hat on the front and then just pull it down at the back so it's not actually underneath the hat oh so you're putting uh, that on over the hat and then just tucking yeah and then just okay, tucking, okay, yeah. tucking the earpieces under the under the front piece so yeah gotcha. you can wear a hat with it you can wear sunnies with it or or, re- or regular specs not a problem didn't change the, the, the bounce of my glasses or anything like that it's yeah they've they've really really they've either got lucky or they thought about it. I think they probably thought about it. Now these these are quite um, these are like uh, what, what would you call it? They're like the Hoover brand, right? They're like the brand. Yeah, of, yeah. I think, of I this, think they are of this technology. Yeah, yeah. So this is like you're getting the, the business here. Yeah. Um, so the other the other major question for me is um, so they sound like they're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Good. Um, uh, it's kind of like at a point where I'm so excited by them that I'm really. You uh, want to go out uh, for a run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I want yeah. to go out for I a run that. and generally, but I'm kind of like, I've got this kit and I want to go and use it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, that's kind of the heart of this podcast, right? That's what I feel like yeah. when, when we find the the tech that makes us want to go and be active. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the volume like? My concern with these would be, because you're letting in a lot of the outside world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I struggle even if I've got headphones on. Yep. Um, and if a car goes past, that's basically game over. I can't hear what's going on right. anymore. What, what's, the, what's the kind of volume level you can get out of these? Okay, so uh, a co- couple, of, couple of things there. In the box, there was um, these kind of like long white things. I'm like, what the hell are these? And um, started reading the instructions. Like, oh, those are, those are literally earplugs. Right. And, and <clears throat> in the instructions, it's like sometimes you're in an environment where you don't want to be able to hear the world. Here's some earplugs as well. Um, and the, the use case for that is they say like if you're on the if you're on a plane um, and you actually want want to enclose your ears, then they here's these. There's an option there, and you know get some more earplugs if you don't like those. Um, so they they've thought about it in that sense, but obviously that's not what you'd want for running. You wouldn't want your ears plugged up. Well, it's, it's a, it's, that's a weird thing to me because it seems like what you're selling this on is the fact that you can hear the outside world. Of, of, yeah. of the whole the whole marketing push is yeah, you know. But it, they've the thought about the fact that there like, might be some some use cases like when you're traveling, when you're sat down, yeah, when you're not yeah. moving around. So I thought that was that was quite nice in terms of actually um, the uh, the ambient noise versus the the audio in there. I um, 
using the wired earbuds, the ones that I'm actually using at the moment to monitor the, the, the Skype call, um, they're a great pair of headphones, but there are certain roads on my on my routes where, um, particularly if the levels are a bit low on a podcast I'm listening to, I, I miss a lot of the chat. Um, and running the same roads with these on, I get everything. Um, I I turn them up as I come out of the park, so I've got them at a, a much quieter level when I'm running somewhere quiet. But when I know I'm coming up to the main road, there, there's um, uh, a set of controls up on the right-hand side of the headband yeah, that are easy to get to even with gloved, gloved fingers and just kind of whack the volume up a little bit. The higher At the higher volumes, you're more aware that you're getting vibration in your jaw. Right, yeah. Because um, presumably and, it just increases the depth of our vibrations. Yes, yes, exa- ex- exactly that, exactly that. But I've managed to find a level where I'm not distracted by vibration and I can hear my podcast and I can still hear the cars around me. Um, it's it's really, really good. Wow. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it is better than the wired or the other Bluetooth headphones that I've had in terms of actually being able to sit above loud ambient noise, like, you know, a lorry going past you on a main road at 40. I wonder if that's because it doesn't actually, you're not engaging the same... Yeah, I think so. ...like part of your body, in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think that's... It's like, it's like the... It's, it's a bit like... Um, just because a lorry goes past doesn't mean you can't still, I don't know, see or think. Like, mm. it, it's not... Yeah, I get that. So what do they actually sound like in terms of sound quality? I haven't listened to music through them. Mm. I suspect music probably would be um, less good. Yeah. Um, and uh, Karina was saying when she was in the shop and she was talking to uh, to the guys there, she went to, uh, I think it's Up and Running in, in Birmingham City Centre. They they used to be uh, in a some sort of a share with Evan Cycles, if you remember. Yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> so they got their own they got their own little boutique shop now at the, at the top end of town, and um, they're all kind of proper proper runny people. And uh, the guy in the shop was like, "Yeah, I listen to audiobooks, and um, these these are great for that. I'm not sure what they're like for music, but really good for speech." Um, and so yeah, he had a long chat with her about the fact that he does marathons and and stuff. So he's he's out for hours at a time with them. Um, and that kind of convinced her that, that they'd be suitable for me because she knows that I mostly listen to speech. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll do a I'll do a music test with them and get back to you. But essentially, they sound. I can't as, believe I haven't thought to do that, mate. I can't believe I know, I uh, they sound as, so. Presumably, they sound as clear as as just listening in your ears. There's no like noticeable EQ difference or anything like that. No, no. That's really interesting. Well, I mean, obviously, the next time I see you, I am going to have to try them. Yeah. Um, and what's really nice is you can totally try them without us being worried about earwax. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, obviously it's a present, so, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe a bit awkward, but do you know what the cost of these is? Uh, quite a lot. More than I'd have paid, mate. I don't think you can get them for 16 quid on Amazon, so... Well, that's yeah, but that's not much of a yardstick, is it? So No, no. I would, I would say that these are a slightly offensive price. Okay, so are you going to... I presume you're going to put a link to these in the show notes. Yeah, so I'll find out at that point, won't I? Well, so everyone who reads the show notes will know. What's the model called? Um, um, uh, Aftershocks Wireless Trex Titanium. So was it Air? What was it Air Shocks? Was it uh, Aftershocks? Aftershocks is the, is the brand. Yeah, Trex Titanium. Okay, 
bone conduction headphones. I think they're probably somewhere between 90 and 120, I'd say. Oh, no. Well, that's, that's for me, I don't think that's... that's um... I, when you said it offensive, I thought it was going to be like 300 quid. Oh, jeez. I'd be very offended by that. That would be... God... I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be, I'd be anxious that my wife had spent too much money on my headphones if she bought that. Do you, do you want to know how much they are for the purposes of a show? I'm going to find out. So go on. Uh, they're a hundred quid exactly. Well, nine cool. nine ninety nine, which I think is that's a decent price point for them. I think. I uh, well, any any kind of like good quality Bluetooth headphones that are designed yeah. for things like exercise are a hundred yeah. quid basically. Yeah, yeah, that seems. Um, and that, and, that, that, and that is still that is still a price point where I'm kind of like I think that's I think it's reasonable that she bought it for me, but I would probably always go there's something else I need to spend hundred quid on first. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a new pair of trainers, you know. Like more, more importantly for me, it's a price point where I I would be anxious about taking a risk on it. Well, exactly. Yeah, like now you've told me they're really good. Mm-hmm. That price point, I'm like, well, John mm-hmm. says they're really good. I trust John's opinion on these things. Um, I would maybe be much more inclined to have a dabble on that. Right. Especially once I've, if I try them when you, I next see you, I'm just checking out the, I'm just looking now, I can totally see now how that fits. Because it, it, the band doesn't go out the back of your head, does it? It goes down. So it's sort yeah. of like resting at the bottom of your head where your neck is. Yeah. So you can see how a hat would just easily fit over the top of that. Yeah. They've, I mean, they've, as I said, they've, they've really nailed, they've really nailed it. In terms of the design, it's. Tell you what, what these excite me more about it than anything, um, mm. more than running, would be cycling. Yeah, yeah, because that's where safety. I get very anxious about having. I, I always only have one headphone in. Yeah, I have the one on the side, on the left hand side, so where the path is. That's where I have the headphone in, and then I leave right. my right hand side open so I can hear cars. Right. Uh, but this. Well, I think I might be dropping. You've, you've really excited me about it. What's the battery life like? Have you not charged them yet? Um, been using them no. a week. Uh, no, I think right. they. I think they quote six to seven hours. That's all we can ask for. If you can, if you have to charge them once a week, I think you'd be quite happy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, man. Well, maybe I'll treat myself. <laughs> treat yourself. Maybe at the next AGM. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that like uh, other po- some other podcasts talk about how they have a um, a podcast fund and they oh. can like take money out of it to buy things. Yeah, yeah. we should do that. Well, we have bought things, but we've just kind of been doing it on a bit of a chucking money at random stuff thing. Well, yeah, we should do that. Hang on, <laughs> if I if I buy headphones and we I talk about them on the podcast, then I can claim them against tax. Yeah, that's this, for your job. Well, <laughs> this. You know, one day this might become a job. You never know. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Interesting thought. Oh, I need to claim for my guitar, actually, because of that theme tune. So that's so <laughs> <laughs> You've been you, What you like about theme tune as well, mate, I recorded it through the podcasting mic that we use for oh, the you? podcast. It's Synergy. Synergy. I'm actually, on, I'm actually on my old mic at the moment. Are you? Yeah. Oh, you sound right. You sound good. Yeah, as long as as long as the wire doesn't get moved, it's it, 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 it's 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 okay. But the um, I'm 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 in my other studio today. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can tell you're in the um, little booth. I can tell. I can hear it. I can hear you. I can hear the booth. Well, that was a fantastic uh, update, mate. Um, 
and leaves us about 20 minutes to talk about the Barclay Marathons. Yeah. Something we've mentioned a couple of times before. Now, I think I think it's only fair here. We don't have the sound effect of a, of a horn. Um, but this is where, if we did, we'd be firing out the, the spoiler horn, right? Yeah, we're, we're not going to tell you any more about headphones today. We're not going to tell you any more about stretching. Um, you've, you've, had, you've had your fitness. You've had your running. You've had your tech. It's movie corner now. So, yeah. So off you run if you don't want to be uh, be spoiled on the Barking Marathon. It's not that it's really a film of spoilers. No, but, um, but pause. But I absolutely encourage you to watch this film. So pause yeah. this podcast and go and watch this film. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about ninety minutes long. It, yeah, it's 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 a proper length of a movie. Movies should all be ninety minutes by law. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. We can get into that on another podcast, but it, that doesn't feel right to me. Um, <laughs> not, ninety minutes max. Um, it's a documentary. It's really, really a, a nice. It's not a tough watch. It's not like a hard documentary to watch. It's a nice, enjoyable documentary. I think you'll really enjoy it. And we're going to talk about it now for twenty minutes. So just pause the podcast, go and watch that film, and come back in a minute. Is that enough? Have they gone? 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 Yeah. All right. I think they're gone. This is a bit like you know when you used to watch Match of the Day. Yeah. You'd uh, <laughs> try and avoid the scores on the news. Yeah. So then, oh, now what, I've, what, what a wonderful movie! It's brilliant. It is lovely. I've watched this three times now because it's one of those films that every time someone comes around my house who I think <laughs> would enjoy it, I make I make them watch it and I yeah. watch it with them. And because it's not like a reasonably short documentary, exactly, you can do that. You can um, yeah, you can knock it out and have a chat about it and stuff. So, should we? What what story should we tell about this documentary? Um. I think with, without uh, without repeating what we've all all heard on another review of the of the movie, I think the important thing is that there isn't a turns out. That's that's a big thing, isn't it? It, so, it is. It is. It is. It is what you see is what you see. What's in the show is in the show. Yes, it's not one of these documentaries that is is trying to pull the wool over your eyes and then um, go. Oh, but actually, it yeah. turns out that the Barclay Marathons takes place on the moon. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I t- so without going around the issue, I heard about this first from um, a, another podcast I'm a big fan of called Reconcilable Differences. Yep, uh, featuring probably my two favourite podcasters, John Syracuse and uh, Merlin Mann, mm-hmm. and they discuss this. And it w- I imagine we'll tread a lot of the same ground uh, as that. So I recommend you to go and listen to that review as well if you like the sound of this. I'm sure they pick up on some other stuff. I think. They they have a better grasp on the um, U.S. historical significance of a lot of this stuff. They do, they do. Um, whereas I I really enjoy it for the what do I enjoy it for? Well, it's, the, quite, it's quite it's quite a philosophical movie, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah, I think. So what? Um, the first, we, we should so, tell people what the what the, what the race say, is. Let, let's because you maybe you didn't maybe you avoided uh, heeding the spoiler warning. You think I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to mm-hmm. just listen to them talk about it. So do you want to summarize? Do you want to summarize the race and then I'll summarize the historical context? So you yes. tell us what it actually is. So the the Ray, the Barclay Marathons race is a um, loop based ultra marathon. So each loop of this course is twenty miles. Nominally, mm. <laughs> um, and you are meant to complete five loops in sixty hours Correct. of uh, runtime. 
So if you don't do the five loops in 60 hours, you've not completed the marathon. For the first, uh, what was it? It was something like the first, let's have a look, nine years mm-hmm. that the marathon was run, no one had ever finished it. So, and there's some reasons why. If we look at the stat about the ascent and descent, do you remember that? Yes, I've got the stats ingrained in my brain. Like I say, I've watched this a few times now. (laughs) So, so people, I think it started in like the mid '80s, and um, the first person to finish was actually a British guy, and he finished it in 1995. So you think, well, why, why, why would a hundred miles? Obviously, that's a long race, a hundred miles, and five loops of this course. it's largely down to a few a few things. Uh, the the, ter- the terrain is a little bit tricky. Uh, my favourite bit is when I when I got you to watch this. When you started watching it, you were like, "Oh, well, the terrain's not that much different to uh, to Sutton Park. I've run uh, I've run on muddy fields before." I was like, oh, "Just just give just give it a minute." Um, the other <laughs> part of uh, we'll get we'll come back to the terrain because it's, it's, I think that the terrain is my favourite part of the, of the whole thing. Yeah. And some of the some of the stuff that they have to go through. But in terms of ascent and descent, when you've completed the five laps in sixty hours, you will have done the equivalent of ascending and descending Mount Everest twice <laughs> in that sixty hours. That's that's the level of up and down that the course is. Um the terrain is insane. You're running well, running, you're not really, really running. Walking. People are essentially having to walk this race because you are going through um, over rocks, through mm. woodland, climbing up hills and mountains. You're going through. Um, and when you say they... climbing, you mean? I mean, one of one of the places is called the climbing wall. Yeah, it's 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 essentially a vertical <laughs> climb up a cliff. <laughs> um, and you're going through. Uh, what were those big thorn things called? Saw briars. Yeah, briars. And they're just like these enormous, wiry. Like barbed wire. Essentially, you're running mm. through barbed wire. Yeah. Um, and people are coming back just covered in blood. Um, and the uh, the way that the route, the route is different every year. It's roughly kind of like you, you hit the same landmarks on the route, but the actual route itself is slightly different. And because the way they track whether you've done the race is I don't know if you want to talk about this part of it separately because it's almost like an entire Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> the way the way they track the race is is There are checkpoints. There are checkpoints and it's And it's you have so, to draw your own map based on there is a master map and you have to basically uh t- take down those checkpoints, then plot yourself a course during your kind of prep period for the race. Yeah. So it's so it's orienteering, so there's no technology allowed for it. No, no, um, I that. And, and yeah, you get a master map, you have to Write it down and then you go. So in the, so let's say, I think it started in like 80, 86, mm. I think it was. So 30 years it's been going. In the 30 years, only 13 people have ever actually finished it in that space of time. It's, it, yeah. If you do three laps, that's called, that's called rather sadistically a fun run. <laughs> um, and, there's not that many people have, done a fun a fun, yeah. have got a fun run. So some people go and their only target is a fun run. They're not even thinking about the five laps. Um, so that's the race. Have I missed anything about the actual race itself? Um, so the laps, the, alternate, 
the laps alternate between clockwise, anti-clockwise, clockwise, yes. anti-clockwise, and then the final lap, if anybody gets there, <clears throat> the first runner gets to choose their direction, and subsequent runners get to go in the opposite direction. So it's alter- <laughs> so it it alternating. Alternating. Yeah. So that what happens is if you do end up in a race condition, you're not actually next to each other. You are mm. going in opposite directions and you might just like cross paths. And you'll you'll have chosen your favoured favoured route. And they, they say that the way the way that it's the staging is is that none of your laps are gonna be the same. Because yeah. you'll you'll have one lap that is clockwise in the daylight, one lap that's clockwise at the night, one lap that's anticlockwise in the daylight, and one lap that's anticlockwise in the night, and then this this final lap where you'll essentially be racing for the first time if there's anyone else going with you. Yeah. Which is whew. Because um, I mean, one of the things which we'll, we'll we'll come into in a bit is a lot of them run together, and then it forces them to break up. Yes, yeah. Although by the end, there's not actually that many of them left to <laughs> to break up. No. So yes, I've laid out the I've laid out the race. Over to you. Yeah. Um, so what, I was going to just talk a little bit about the what did I say I was going to do? Oh, the sort of the the historical context of it. So the <laughs> I. I love the fact that it starts with this prison break. Yeah. Uh, so there was a there was a, a prison break in the mountains. It was the um, the guy who was accused of assassinating Martin Luther King Jr. Is that right? Yes. Well, no, yeah. he, was, he was convicted. He convicted was of sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so he he had a jailbreak from this um, from this prison that was up this mountain in Tennessee, and um, he didn't get he didn't get very far on his uh, on his break. And so essentially the conceit of the marathon is that these kind of these local endurance runners um, and local hikers all said, yeah, we could have done that. And out of this, they also uh, they'd also been observing the raise of the the um, rising interest around trail running and endurance running. And they kind of they thought that what they were hiking was was what everyone else thought was a trail. So they thought they'd invite people down to run their trails and then they realised that um, they had created an absolute monster. Well, I think that, I think that what comes across in the film is, is really it's, it's one, one person who yeah. devised and Laz. implemented all this stuff. Um, well, let's love, talk about Laz. Let's talk about Laz. Well, who should be played by what, Nick Frost in the movie. Uh, whilst we're just on the prison, I love the fact that part of the course is you have to, oh. you have to go under the prison. Yeah. There's a tunnel that goes under prison and you have to actually go underneath a, an actual still operational prison to uh, do the course one of the, one of the probably the emotional high point of the movie happens in that tunnel and I've got I've got goosebumps thinking about it yeah um, it's uh, what's, what's the chap's name well let's let's say that for later because okay. yeah it's, it, it is a good a good moment oh. so yeah Laz so you we talked about there's no like turns out there's no like um kind of uh freaky kind of a reveal in the movie and i thought when i when i start sort of saw laz for the first time i was like yeah. oh they're really gonna kind of like um it's gonna be something villainous about him yeah or like they're gonna it's gonna be uncomfortable because they're gonna make it you know maybe he's gonna be you know not quite not quite with it and all this sort of stuff because they kind of painting to be a bit of a kook yeah yeah um but as it goes I think he is one of the most level-headed and interesting people yeah. I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And you said about it being quite philosophical. Yeah. He, for, to me, he become, he's essentially a, like a, a philosopher. He, he, and what spoke to me about this film more than anything 
was that it really tapped into my relationship with running, which is my relation. My I see running as my meditation. Yeah, that's how I go and clear out my head. That's how I go and um, deal with with things. And on a much larger scale, this is what what that is. It's about yeah. going and discovering something about yourself. And the, the way he talks about that shows that. Uh, it's it's such a weird blend of he's kind of sadistic in how he treats this um, this event, yeah, and how he and almost how he treats the runners, mm-hmm. but he has such compassion and love for them as well, yeah, and and he sees them, he wants them to find something out about themselves, uh, and I I I absolutely loved him, and I it, I thought it was going to be our a documentary about a kooky guy does a weird thing. It's like, no, it doesn't turn into that at all. Probably doesn't help. We, we, we both listened to like S town and things like that recently where, where they, they do make that problematic turn, don't they? Uh, into a kind of, Oh, let's explore the mental health of this, 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 this guy in a really unethical way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, um, there's, um, there's a certain extent to which he's, he's, he's a very, very much, um, there is very much a performance about him uh, and, and he is playing up to the camera, but I'm fine with it. Um, cause he's also playing up to the runners and he is, he's like the court jester as well as the mastermind, isn't he? Yeah. I thought, I think that was quite, quite a natural. I don't think he was playing to the camera as such. I think that he just plays up to, yeah, that's his, that's his role. Yeah. The, he, he's, that, a, he's a, the, the figurehead. Maybe not so much playing to the camera, but they, they've, they've certainly chosen well the the moments that they because they must have hours of him talking and you know so they 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 pick out all of his little yoderisms like mm. um which adds to the philosophy of it uh like you, you can't accomplish anything without the fear of failure that's probably one of my favorite lines of, of his because he he talks about running and he sort of says like all these people can run marathons um and you know there's all these races and you can go to them and and everyone wins and everyone gets a medal but um push yourself by actually going to something that you're not going to do yeah and that's that's really quite that's that's hugely challenging to the rest of the world of running yeah you you can't prepare yourself to do this race that becomes very very clear yeah yeah <laughs> it's 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 crazy although well aside from maybe one or two individuals on this particular one who um yeah seem very prepared <laughs> well yeah say. but then uh, I, but then i guess that's because over time eventually people have 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 worked it out when it those first 10 years there was nothing like it yeah and and so it was like you know you you could be at the peak of your game and then this is going to be something that's going to humble you i kind of look at it as well um that it's not a race that's about physical capabilities no it's it's a race that's entirely well not entirely obviously because you have to be physically capable to do it but you look at the sort of people taking part mm-hmm. and for want of a of a self um self-reference they don't look like runners no, in the sense of they do, they, you know, they're they're in good shape. Yeah, but they don't look like athletes, right? No, they look like IT guys, and, and the 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 selection of people who are again chosen as as characters, as main characters, they definitely fit a certain model that does map to that. They're they're physicists, and um, they're they're doing nerdy man jobs, aren't they? Yeah, they are um, analyst. They are in analytical, analytical. fields, and yeah. I think that probably helps because <clears throat> part of this race appears to be working out the best way to hit these checkpoints. Yeah, 
it's not about running the distance. It's about preparing, strategizing around time. How mm-hmm. there's loads of talk about how much sleep yeah. you can get away with not having in order to complete in the time. Um, and it seems like that it's it's about the strategy, it's about the preparation, yeah. it's about the mindset, about the um and then Laz does everything to make sure that you can't do that i mean yeah, the, one yeah. of the one of the things we didn't mention before is that you arrive in a 12-hour window and you don't know when you're going to start racing now yes. uh, you and i've done a, done enough events now to know that the kind of those build-up hours are incredibly stressful mm-hmm. and incredibly important so your mental preparedness work. you need to make sure that you've had your, you've had your dump you've had your wee You've had your water, you've had your banana, you've had your protein bar, you've had them all in the right order, all at the right time, and you're arriving at the gate at the time when you're going to go. These guys, and and there are some women, but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute, actually. Um, These these runners arrive at the Berkeley, and they don't know when they're going to go. And so they are on point for 12 hours before they start the 60-hour race. Yeah, and, and and Laz makes the point of you know if you can't deal with all of these different challenges I'm going to put in front of you before I start the race, you shouldn't be on the race. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'd last the I don't think I'd last the the pre run. I, I, I would I would be going mental. My anxiety would be oh me. absolutely through the roof. Like I used to struggle um, if I was playing a gig, waiting to go on the stage, not because I was nervous about playing, but the mm-hmm. actual anxiety of waiting. I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't deal with it. It's, it's the thing that basically stopped me from playing gigs. Was like I just can't be bothered with this because I can't deal with the waiting anxiety. Mm. And that would just yeah, it would be that would be tough. I think because also because you've had to go essentially sixty hours without yeah. sleep. Yeah. So you can't even sleep because you know <laughs> you're, in a you minute you're not going to sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, uh, so any plan you've got as well around your sleep pattern is going to have to be adjusted on the fly the minute that you know when the race is going to start. Yeah. So you you might have a, right, okay, well, if I if we if we go at two in the morning, I think they went at one in the morning the year before this this movie. Yeah. So you'd be thinking, right, well, um, I'll go to sleep at 11. If we go, if we start at one, then my next sleep will be at, for an hour, 24 hours time. And then they might not do that. They might blow it up at six in the morning and then you're kind of all over the place. Yeah. It, there's, yeah. there's so many bit, little bits I keep want to talk about, but I kind of want to avoid doing that because it's just be retelling every scene from the film. Yes. But, it, but I'll tell you why, though, because every scene in the film has something, has something you can talk about. I was just yeah. thinking then about um, the human sacrifice. I was just thinking about the well, way he starts the him. race with a cigarette light. You know, all this sort of stuff is just... Everything is a talking point in this film. It's, it's wonderful. Let's, let's briefly talk about what the human sacrifice is and then talk about him because I think I think that speaks to this this issue of yeah, how hard it is to to, to prepare so the, every, every year Laz says in the in the film that it's something that the race is like so he's adopted it I'm pretty sure it's come mostly from him because it, yeah. it feels totally his vibe the idea is is that oh my god we didn't talk about we didn't talk about the entry requirements Nick at oh, all well so to get in the race <laughs> we can't they didn't just really tell the whole film no we, we, this, this, this there's, there's a lead up to this so there are 40 people who are going to race thousands of people apply they pay one dollar sixty and then some other things which i'll which i'll come on to in a second happen you essentially get interviewed before you can race uh via an essay and laz yeah, chooses yeah, yeah, yeah. handpicks who's going to race um 
and uh, he makes sure that there are some veterans there and he makes sure that there are some uh, virgins there. The veterans are important because um, they they help the virgins get around the race and, and he's, he's worked out that he needs that mixed ecology. So there are a lot of people on the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth go around, many of whom have never finished. Um, and one person is chosen as the human sacrifice. Yeah. Which is someone who Laz has decided has no chance Oh, don't forget that they get a letter of commiseration if they get into the race. Yes. Which is one of my favourite <laughs> favorite little touches. Yes. I'm it's very just sorry a, to inform you that you've made it into a parking marathon. It's just a real constant It is, isn't it? It's, uh, it's like darkness. a constant psych- psychological warfare <laughs> that, he, that he, like, inflicts on these, <laughs> these poor sods. But yes, he chooses a human sacrifice. And the human sacrifice in the movie is, is Tim. Is that his name? Yeah, so the human sacrifice is somebody that, that he chooses that he knows has got absolutely no chance. They just don't have the chops for it. They, they, they from their application, it, it's clear they do not have what it takes to do, do this race. And in the movie, they tell us what the human sacrifice is, and then they introduce us to this guy with Laz saying, he's good, he's done loads of events, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a fit guy, he's fucked. Yeah. So, so what what is it that that Laz has spotted about him? It must be about the, the it must be about that mentality side of things rather than the fitness side of things. Because you see, you see him out on the course, and you know he he's the one person who looks like a runner. Yeah, he looks he looks athletic. He looks like um, almost like an army kind of yeah pedigree. Maybe um, yeah. He looks like he looks after himself, uh, and, and he talks about he's done events before. You know, he looks um, like he owns a boat. Yeah, he doesn't look like it. But so he's no, he's no mug. He's, and he's no slouch, actually. He manages 52% of a loop in six and a half hours, which means he's on par to finish if he could keep his head in the game. Yeah, although very quickly you realise that the speed at which you do that first loop has very little bearing on your ability to finish. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, he, so he does, he does a bit, but he, he, uh, he's the first one back. So yeah, Laz calls it and he's correct, isn't he? Yeah. And you get the impression that maybe he's correct all the time with that. Yeah. I, I didn't realise he'd done that much. I don't think he'd done as much as 52% of first leap. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did it, okay. All right, well, so he's, uh, yeah, so he picks his human sacrifice. And, so and they, they have come? a lovely ritualism of the return to camp, which I love. Um, oh, is, is, it, what is, is, is TAPS their name for that, or is that what? I think that must be what it's called. Right. The old American bugle. Again, it's. I think that some context about American history would be useful in this in this moment. Yeah. Um, so they they have a bugle player playing like the last post to bring the failed runners back to camp. So so you've got this first half of the film where really you're setting up the characters, you're setting up the idea of the race, and yeah. kind of getting in your mind how difficult it is, mm-hmm. and then it transitions into the second half of the film where really it, it gets down to the nitty gritty of. Yeah you actually start to follow these people yeah. on this journey. Yeah. And you, um, you know, you kind of get invested in their, in their attempts. Yeah. No, that's, I think that's, that's, that's fair. It's sort of like, it's Laz's story for the first half and then it's the runner's story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that, that's absolutely right. And obviously you, you still kind of interlink and stuff, but you've kind of done the setup. Mm. Um, in the first half, I mean, you kind of really get into these characters, and you also enter what I, what I call the Bake Off phase, um, which is when, as people start quitting, uh, they start coming back to be sous chefs for everyone else. Uh. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. 
so, so failed runners become support crews, which is lovely. It's like it's it's just beautiful. Every, well, it's, it's, it's genuinely like the, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a bit like the last episode of The Apprentice where they get yeah. everyone back and uh, yeah. they all start. So that's it is. Um, there are some real kind of heartbreaking moments. Yeah. Uh, I thought when the Belgian guy came back. Wouter. Yeah, that was really heartbreaking. Yeah, um, it was. I thought um, uh, Nick. Nick. Uh, Nick, I loved Nick. I love Nick. Nick's like, uh, looks like a stoner surfer dude. He really does. Um, and, and, uh, and he was in, and he was quite, he was quite built up in the narrative. Um, and and you thought, oh, you know, he's kind of a bit like, um, probably a bit like um, Yo Yo in uh, in Holt and Catch Fire or someone like that, someone who's kind of like there and just on the edge. And yeah, he made it to of, the last. He made it to the last lap, didn't he? Yeah, and then bailed on the last lap. Uh, what amazed me was that there were people who were on the last lap who were getting lost. Yeah, and you've already done four laps of this course, but it's because it's different every time, and because you're so sleep deprived. That you can still end up getting lost on the last lap. Um, so there's these, it's following these characters, and it eventually gets to a point where you've got three left mm-hmm. on the last lap. And you've got this split of narrative. You've got two guys who are racing each other for the win, mm-hmm. and then one guy who is just racing himself to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and that's his entire, he has no, from almost from the start, of uh, there's such a contrast as well between the, the two guys who are racing to to win are what I would call the guys who are meticulously prepared. Yeah, have obviously done a lot of these events. One of them has done it before, uh, and I think he finished it before. Yeah, he was he was aiming. So he had he had two targets. This is um, this is Brett. Yeah. Um, and, and as I was saying before, you know, kind of geeky jobs. He's a semiconductor engineer physicist or something like that he's a really really analytical dude and he's coming back targeting a record which the record was 55 42 27 out of 60 hours so the previous record holder had four and a bit hours of change on the on the actual clock so it's really it's really really tight and that was set in 2008 and he wants to he wants to take that record down and he wants to be the first first two-time finisher yeah so he's got a couple of things, and he also wants. Yeah, obviously, you know, looped in with that is he wants to win. Yeah. Um. So he he's he's come very very prepared. He has got. Um, he scares he, me with his focus. Yeah, he's he's unbelievably focused to a point where he's you know his his family are talking to him on the off uh, points, and he is just completely like not yeah. engaging with them at all because he's so focused. And then yeah. you've got this other guy who's a virgin uh, for yeah. the Barking Marathons, but he he's got a lot of event. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, history behind him a lot of these sort of endurance races over difficult terrain so he's got a good pedigree yep and I think he he's hoping to finish um, but he's one of these where he hope he wants to finish but he's got a little bit of a side eye on a on a, on a wheel yeah 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 um, and what's interesting the first four laps those two go off together and they actually help each other and, and there's there's a couple of moments where they each essentially save the other one from dropping yeah. out or getting lost or something so they they, they get to the last laps uh, off the back of each other's hard work for each other, which is an interesting dynamic to then you get to the last lap and you have to kind of switch the mentality, switch the mentality. Yeah. Um, and then, so they've got real preparation. The other guy, I don't doubt for a second that he pre- prepared, mm. but his narrative is very much like, 
it's almost a um when you've just got someone who's got the will to finish something yeah and it doesn't really matter what happens he's just going to keep going he doesn't have that laser focus he doesn't have that pedigree he doesn't have that um routine set out he's very kind of like oh should i sleep now should i eat now i'm not sure like yeah. i've just got to keep going um and that's his and he's that's his kind of narrative yeah and he's and he's got a he's got quite the backstory uh which yeah. it gets into and um so it, it culminates in this kind of final um lap for all of them and uh i don't think they I think couldn't have chosen he, a better year to make the movie they were so lucky with that yeah, you know, there was no one finished the year after, and I think like there was only one finish of the year before. So to to have <coughs> it's, well, it, I, it is a film, I, I, so you have I to wonder, allow for editing. But even then, you can should, only edit what's there. I wonder if we should really. Talk, I, I wonder if you, maybe we should avoid actually culminating that last lap. I think mm. maybe we should leave that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case someone has listened to this and has been intrigued, and I think, yeah, and I think it's. I think there's. There's so much drama that happens on my last lap, but I think we should maybe leave that there. Um, mm. But yeah, it's 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 fantastic to watch, and there are some real emotional low points and high points during that final kind of twenty minutes. Yeah. Um. What what do you kind of how do you relate to this? How do you relate to this film then? How, do you think this is anything you would ever do, <clears throat> or, or or similar like these, okay. these big endurance kind of things? Okay, so I, I had a. Um, I had some similar thoughts of asking you some of these questions. So I'm going to answer your question and I'm going to uh, phrase you some other ones. I think um, one thing that was really, really clear to me, um, not just from the from the uh, people who got to the last lap, but also just from the, the, from the other people al- along the way, is if you attempt this event, um, and, and I think this event stands apart from... Uh, there, are, there are other very, very extreme ultras out there but this this event stands apart from ultra as a category um and that's not to diminish what people who do ultra who do ultras do but like my 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 friend nicky does uh the the thames path um ultra you know it's a fantastic achievement but that that feels like that feels like you could be in touching distance of that this doesn't um and to attempt this would be to commit yourself to probably injury and i don't think i could ever go for something like like this not my my physical and mental ability to do it aside i couldn't sign up to something knowing that i might be um, off running for three to six months at the end right and seeing the condition of some of the people coming in i can't imagine that they were able to run for at least four or five weeks yeah and and those are people who didn't finish yeah um the condition of their feet um there's it's it's totally lost in a montage and it's not it's not a a competitor who you who you meet in the story but there's a bit where somebody is running up a trail and they have to go across a river and they slip and then you just see a close-up of their head and they're covered in blood blood. yeah Uh, uh, and you know it's it's stuff like that you're just like this is this is a challenge that i would be uh, that I don't think I could physically do, but would be interesting to to tackle. But I couldn't do it because I need I need to be able to run for myself, and and I'd be ruining for 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 things for me. I mean, preparing for a, a marathon takes 
enough out of me in terms of taking me away from other activities that I want to do. Um, what and, would your yeah. training for something like this even look like, though? I don't know what you could do as a train as to train. Yeah, because I'm it not, is because it isn't it isn't sure. like an ultra marathon where you run along a very very long no. road. <laughs> like you can do as much running as you want, but you yeah. get out there and you're having to you're barely doing any running. Like, well, I mean, what I was going to ask you is, what would your strategy be? Because there's one guy at the start who's a bit older than most of the competitors, and he's just got hiking trousers, a jacket, a hat, two poles. And he's clearly just going to walk. Yeah. And I don't know if that wouldn't be my strategy. My, my strategy would be, because I have thought about this, that I would not even consider five laps. Yeah. I would go all out for three laps. Mm-hmm. And I would build in. I would go out for three build laps. An option. Would, build in um, sleep as a big part of... <laughs> Because I, I, when I look at it, the mo- people were. That I think that was one of the big things that made people drop out was just f- pure fatigue. And because they're going for the five, mm-hmm. and they're not taking the time to eat and rest and sleep, and I would go out all out for the three. Mm-hmm. Now I, I feel like the injury thing. I don't think that plays on my mind as much as yours. Right. Um, I would, I think I could mentally do this. I'd worry physically if I have, if I have the capabilities physically to do it. Mm. Um, and I guess if I was going to do training for this, I'd have to, like, things, my, my training for this would be doing stuff like the three peaks. Yeah, yeah. Which I've not done. So I think mm. I'd need to build that sort of level of, I, I, I would look at this more of like a trail, um, orienteering, climbing, Yes. Hiking, that, sort of training, that, that would running. Be the same. Yeah, yeah. Which I think you're right. It's completely different. It does. It, it's not real. You can. There are bits where you can have a little run, but I mean, I think realistically, it's more of a of a hike kind of kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't think physically it's it's something that I I feel even in in my wheelhouse at all. Really. Um, it makes me want to do orienteering which is something that I keep thinking I, I want to do. And unfortunately, I missed a, an open event in the park the, the other week. I did orienteering a little bit as a kid and I enjoyed it, but I wasn't mm. as good at running then. Yeah. Um, and I, it's something that I keep turning my eye to and never quite quite going for. And I, yeah, I, I think I would enjoy that. And it does it does make me want to get out in the woods um, on, a, uh, on, a, on a hike or something like that. It also makes me want to play Firewatch. Yeah, yeah. It really does. It really does. It has that vibe and that feel. Um and I love that environment in that game. Um yeah. Um I think basically what we're saying is it's, it's probably not for us. Do you think you'd be the human sacrifice if you got in? Would that play <laughs> on your mind? Would that play on your mind? More to the point. No, I don't think so. Because I'd go in knowing that <laughs> this is a hard thing, right? Mm. Um I there's something in my mind that goes, you know what? Like, there there might be a, a something down down the road where I would look at something like this, but I'd have to really think about how to to build myself up because I think I love I love the the I it speaks to me a lot in terms of what how I relate to these sorts of activities. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely kind of 
it's one of the, a bit like doing like the um, Appalachian Trail. It's like mm. it's a thing I've maybe got on my eye, got my eye on for like a bucket list or something. Mm. Uh, something where it's really challenging me beyond what I've ever done before, and uh, get myself out of my comfort zone. I think is a good thing for me. I think the, yeah, the the philosophical side of the movie I found incredibly seductive. Yeah, and if if you asked me to base an answer on emotion, I would say I would one hundred percent want to want to have a crack at this but just when i start thinking about practicalities yeah i just um i i'd just be so worried about it would be the end of my 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 running life maybe because you know we talked before about how hard it is to get back and you just think like how could you go from running 100 miles to to nothing and and what would that do to you yeah i mean i probably uh, probably lost the battle in my head already yeah yeah Maybe. Maybe that's why it's not for you. Is you're worrying too much about the implications rather than the the moment. Mm. But yeah, it, it's as I say, I we could we could go on forever because I could just recount every scene and I'm I'm quite mindful of like I don't really want to give away that last twenty five minutes because the way I discovered this was just playing through a spoiler horn and listening to the podcast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, getting intrigued by some of the stuff they talked about. And uh, I'm glad they didn't spoil that last 20, 30 minutes. So, yeah, I definitely, if you have played through, I definitely recommend watching that film. I think one of the, one of my sort of closing thought about the film would be um, it's so much the antithesis of everything else in that we see in in running and that's that's another bit of it that is part of the attraction to me, which which links to the, to the philosophy of it. So um, it's it's an event where failure is a reward as much as victory and completion. No, like no nobody has failed who who comes who comes home. Yeah, that that's and that's so different to the other events that we've got. Um, I love that we we mentioned the fun run thing, like the way he appropriates language from other things and just totally fucks with them. Um, the, the esoteric rituals, bringing a, a license plate from your hometown, paying your race fee with a shirt. Your application fee was $1.60, but your race fee is to bring him a cotton shirt. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that you have to light a cigarette to start the race and the race starts at a really strange time. So it's like 11 minutes past the hour. Um, all of this stuff is just so different to how sanitized other events are. Yeah, where it's oh, you're gonna have to enter this enter this this ballot. There's no sense of you, you uh, it being competitive in any way, like writing the essay for uh, for the for the Barclay, and then there's the then you get pushed into the sausage machine of let's try and find you a charity place because you haven't got this thing, and then when you get there on the day, it's all branded by Lucasade and all these other things, uh, and it's I can't work out if as well as being philosophical, he's being political about it. And kind of, it, it felt like he was reclaiming uh, running soul as well, in in a way, for me. Yeah, because it well, was it, just it, so raw. That's it. It's kind of like um, almost by doing all these ridiculous things, it yeah. kind of uh, takes away the bravado, yes, the the, the machismo about about running. Yes, it takes away that. It's not about how hard you are or about how strong you are. It's just about yeah, kind of like you you facing your own kind of 
demons, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And the, we touched on the books, uh, all the checkpoints, and those, that really, really sort of sums up the spirit of it. Like, every other event is chip-timed and there's gates to run through and satellite tracking and, like, people are being watched and you know where everybody is. And in this, you have to find a book in a bag and the books have all got ridiculous titles that are taking the piss out of you for being out there in the woods in the first place <laughs> and just absolute mindfuckery constantly. Yeah. It is. It's it's fascinating, man. It's fascinating. I loved it. One of my favourite films I've, I've seen in the last few years. Definitely. Well, I'm afraid I've got a bit of a hard out in the next uh, couple of minutes. So, Thank you, Dokey. Oh, we've finished our own Barclay Marathon there. Yeah. And, uh, I'll let, well, you, uh, let you wrap up. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. You can go to uh, runnerpod.com if you want to find out anything else about the show. You can send us some feedback, please. We, we do love it, as Nick said earlier on. Um, you can email podcast at runnerpod.com. Or you can tweet us at RunnerPod. And if you want to enter the Barclay Marathons of Podcasting and start your own show, um, why don't you think about signing up with our podcast host, Podient? Um, if you go to podient.co forward slash sign up, you can get um, a 25% discount for the first three months if you use our offer code, which is Runner. Podient provides you with everything you need to get your show online, in iTunes, and out in the world. And um, that's us for today i think damn straight cool peace if you don't like a runner if you're feeling a little sad if you buy your gear from Poland and lost in the same tech chat if you don't want a little nonsense and it's going on and on if you don't look like a runner with your good friends nick and john hello and welcome to you don't look like a runner a sequential podcast 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 do you want to start again yep